Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. I'm excited because today... We start a new series, but we're still talking about relationships. How many were you, of you were blessed by the relationship stuff we were doing early this year? Did it help you kind of navigate relationships more? How many of you actually picked up that wonderful, incredible book by my pastor, Dr. Darius Daniels? It's an incredible book. You want to pick that up if you have not done so already, uh, where he really unpacks relational Uh, how we navigate relationships through a book entitled Relational Intelligence. Once again, I'm not saying this because I get a kickback because I absolutely do not. But I would be, it would be bad of me. I'll be a poor pastor if I didn't give you tools to be successful in life. And that's a really good tool you want to add to your arsenal. You can get it uh, audio books. You can get it through Amazon, uh, digital books, whatever. You want to get a copy. I promise you it will bless your life when it comes to personal relationships and even business relationships and even relationships and how you deal with your family. So it's a really great book. This week, these next four weeks, we're going to talk about a subject matter uh, dealing with relationships on a personal level. We're going to talk about uh, four primary relationships that every single one of us navigates as long as we're on this side of earth. Uh, one of those relationships is romantic relationships, like if you're single and you're, and you're looking to be dating. Uh, another one of those relationships is if you're married, how do we navigate? How do we have that, that 20, 50, 60-year marriage life? You know, we're going to talk about that. We're going to even talk about, well, how do we have great families? How do we navigate being in a family, meaning our immediate family? And we're also going to talk about parenting because guess what? Many of us don't look to the Bible to parent. We look to how we were parent to decide how we parent. And so I want to give you biblical principles to help us be better parents. And I'm not great at this at all, right? So I'm learning too. So today I want to talk about um, being single. And this, this message is entitled Living Single. Y'all remember that show? In the 90s kind of world, I'm glad I got my pros. You keep your head up, right? You keep your head up. All right. Some of y'all, only Tina and I watched that show, I think, because we knew the theme song, Right. So anyway, we're going to talk about living single. Does anybody know what the number one most watched show is on Netflix right now? Nope. Love is Blind has beat it since they had the reunion. Before the reunion, Love is Blind was number two. But now Love is Blind is number one. How many of you watched it? Be honest. Uh-huh. I'm raising my hand. I'm not asking y'all. I'm just raising my hand and say I watched it, right? (laughs) I watched it because I want to see what it's all about. It was so much hype about it. How many of you know about another show called The Bachelor or Bachelorette? Combined, these shows, the two shows, Bachelor, Bachelorette, combined have had over 30 seasons. How many of you knew that? 
There's been over 30 seasons of a show called The Bachelor and Bachelorette. One of the top 20 shows in America right now is another show that maybe some of you've heard about. It's entitled Love at First Sight or Married or Engaged at First Sight. Something Married at First Sight. That's what it's called, right? Why am I talking about this? What does this have to do with your message today, Pastor B? Everything. Because you got people going on these shows, single people, really so, and I'm, I had to excuse the word, desperate to find their mate that they're willing to put their personal business and in some case compete for relationship to be with somebody for the rest of their lives. I watched Love is Blind and I will tell you it was quite entertaining. But it was also sad. It was also very painful to see what these people go through because they're so desperate for love. Now, here's the good thing. Let me share some facts. Let's start with, the, with, with, with uh, Love is Blind since we're watching that. I did watch the reunion too. Out of all of those couples that were on Love is Blind, two got, the th- by the way, if you haven't seen it, here's the premise. These people get together. They're in pods. They don't know each other. They're trying to see if you can fall in love without seeing somebody physically and just knowing what they say uh, from their words and getting to know them personally, but without ever seeing them. So they're in these pods, and they date every day, sometimes several times a day, complete strangers that they never see, and they share all their business. And in some cases, they get very emotional about what they're sharing. And and at some point, when you feel like you found your match, you propose to them, still sight unseen. You propose to them based upon what you think, not even what what you think they look like, but what they sound like and what you told them. And so out of all of those couples who actually proposed and, and, and the women accepted, um, two got married, and they're still married. And it all happened here in Atlanta, by the way. Two couples got married. They're still married, and it's almost about a year and a half now. One couple did not get married, but they're still together. So they got to the altar, so you get to the altar after you meet them and and, and at the altar, after you, by the way, you pick them out. You say, hey, I want to marry you. They say, yes, we get married. Then you have to live together. That's so backwards, right? You, you live together before you actually get married. That's not how we do it, okay? And so they live together to find out if they want to be married. And then in the end, they stand at the altar. And, and at the altar, they can decide if they want to get married or not get married. And out of those people who did that, two couples stuck together and they're married. One couple... Well, everybody else, the, the, the woman said, no, I don't want to marry you and went on. But out of that group, one couple actually did get together and they're together but not married. I know it's confusing, but that's how the show is, confusing. <laughs> okay? So, The Bachelor and Bachelorette. The Bachelor is in its, tw- currently, right now as we speak, it's in its 24th season. It originally aired in 2002. Out of all of those seasons, only two couples to date have stayed together. The Bachelorette has aired 15 seasons since 2003. And and only six of the couples from those shows are still together. Now, when I say still together, it doesn't mean they're married. All right? Some married, some are just living together and having babies, and some are just together trying to figure this thing out, okay? In total, there have been over 30 seasons 
of single people who have publicized their desire, here it is, to be a lucky winner of a forever relationship. And what has happened here is that they've revealed something that has always gone on, but we haven't put it on display. That in this dating world, there's competition. It's all about competition. That's what these shows have revealed. So when I look at this, I, I, I had a, uh, well, I didn't have, I read some comments about people. I did a lot of research on this stuff. Comments, people saying, stuff, oh, that's just false. That's Brian. You know, this revealed, you know, now they're making people compete for relationships. No, we've always been competing for relationships. Huh? Like when you go into the mall and you're picking out your outfit to go out with your homegirls, right? And you're making sure you look good. You ain't going out to look good for your friends. You're going to look good for your man that you want to meet. And guys, when we go to the barber to make sure that we got our line straight and when we when we start to have a receding hairline, we get a little tap up of that bajine, right? Just to make sure that that come on, y'all. I ain't the only one. My barber used just a little hint of it. I ain't mad. Right. We go. and We try to look fresh. We get our fresh outfits. We make sure our clothes are nice. We clean our car. We go out. We're looking out. We're not trying to impress our boys. We're trying to find a woman. It's competition. We dress a certain way. We look a certain way because I'm competing. I want to make sure that I look better, that I sound better, that I'm more attractive than what? My competition. These shows only reveal what has already existed in society, but watch this, but what has never existed in the Bible. We compete for the affection and the attention of others, but the Bible never said we had to do that. You don't have to compete for who God has already assigned and aligned for your life. We put so much stake into our physical appearance, but we neglect what is spiritual. We work so much on building ourselves, creating ourselves to look a certain way, but we're not building ourselves to not, to not have to be in competition. And I want to talk to you all about that today. If you're single and you're over 30, there's this mysterious imaginary thing called a biological clock. And it's tick, 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 ticking. It's tick, 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 ticking. It's tick, 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 ticking. And the more your family says at Thanksgiving dinner, or you're not bringing a date, it tick, 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 ticks a little bit louder. And the more your friends start to get married and you're still not, it begins to tick, 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 tick a little bit louder. The more each birthday comes and goes and you still don't have a ring on it, your clock begins to continue to tick, 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 tick. And that ticking doesn't become just a clock anymore. It becomes the ticking of a time bomb ready to explode. And what happens is you're looking at this imaginary, fake, mysterious thing called a biological clock and you start picking people that are not qualified to even be in your presence. People who have not earned access to your most intimate parts. People who don't deserve not five minutes of your time, all because of an imaginary, mysterious thing that society has told you exists called a biological clock. 
You're looking at your outward appearance. You're looking at what culture says, and you feel a rush, 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 rush to get married. A rush, 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 rush to have a baby. A rush, 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 rush to have family. And, and you're spending all this time on the exterior, but you're not spending any time on the interior. Because a lot of us think, watch this, that if I find my mate, then I'm complete. The worst line in the, in the movie Jerry Maguire was when homegirl walked in there. And your boy says, you complete me. And in that moment, I knew that he didn't know Jesus. Even though I know it was a script, Minister Marvin, in that moment, I knew he didn't know Jesus. Because I'm married myself to an absolutely beautiful woman. And in amen, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and I will tell you, if I came into the relationship with my wife incomplete, she wouldn't be my wife. Amen. She just said amen. If she came into the relationship incomplete, I wouldn't be her husband. Because I don't want somebody that's working on themselves. And then we get together. Now you got to work on us. It don't work that way. And too many of us come into this world with a Jerry Maguire moment, looking for somebody to complete us. And I want to tell you today, my brothers and sisters, you are already complete, but we're going to work on you being whole. And there's a difference, and we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about that today. If you are single and you feel the pressure of society to put the foot on the gas pedal and have you rush into something you don't need to rush, I want to tell you, you're not alone. 2016 census says this, that there are 110.6 million people age 18 and older are single. That's the 2016 census. Tells me that 110.6 million people age 18 and older are single. This group, watch this, makes up 45.2% of all U.S. residents 18 and older. If you're single, I just want to let you know, you're not alone. There's some other single folk. Y'all just got to make the connection. 1.110.6 million people. That's a lot of people. So you got a lot of options here, okay? You're not alone. This group makes up almost half of this entire population of people 18 and over. 63.5% of this group were never even married. Woo, you got a lot of options here. 23.1% were divorced, and the remainder were widowed. You want to know how you find the person of your dreams? Men, first of all, I got to tell you. Well, let me speak to the women first. Women, first of all, I got to tell you, stop looking. Amen. I'm just being real. That's not Pastor B. If you are a Christian in here, as a Christian, this is what you say. When the minute you accepted salvation, the minute you said, I want to be on God's side, the minute you said that I'm walking with the Lord, you, when you said that and you say that I'm a Christian, you automatically, by default, whether you agree with it or not, say, I believe in everything that this thing tells me. I believe everything from the index to the maps about this thing called the Bible. I believe it all. I believe the signature signed on it. I believe that this is the inerrant and infallible word of God. 
And if you believe that as a Christian, and if you are a Christian, you automatically believe that. I want to tell you, this book that you believe in from the index to the map says that he that finds a wife finds a good thing. In other words, you need to stop looking. Eve never looked for Adam. And if I read the Old Testament anew, I can't see anywhere in there where a woman looked for a man. But they were always ready for one. Men, you need to start looking. Any man in here, if you're single, you need to start looking. Because the Bible says clearly, he that finds. How do you find? You've got to be looking. How do you look? You've got to be prepared to know what you're looking for. And I will tell you like this. Men, if you are looking at what this looks like, then good luck, my brothers. Because nowadays, I'm telling you, it's <laughs> glory to God. Y'all go on a hot date, and, and, and if y'all, you know, y'all go somewhere, all of a sudden she's taking this off, she's taking this off, she's taking these off, and anything else off. Like, what part of you is real, sis? I want the person I met on Tinder when I swipe right. All right, let me stop. Seriously, and I will tell you, this will change. Physical appearance change. And if you're looking, men, if you're looking for just physical, that ain't going to be enough. If you're looking for just geographics, that ain't going to be enough. If you're looking for intelligence, that ain't enough. You've got to be looking for yoke. <laughs> yoke. In other words, you who watched this, and I told you all a couple weeks ago that God said everything was good. Everything he created was good until he saw man was by himself. Watch this. Do you know that God creates the atmosphere for perfection before he puts the creation in it? Let me show you what I mean. He created the sky. The sky was empty. He said, well, let me do something with this. Let me create day and night. So I'm going to create the atmosphere and then I'm going to put creation in it. So I'll put a sun and a moon to give day and night. He said, you know what? I'm going to create water. And now let me create the, put the creation fish inside the water. He created the Garden of Eden. And in case you don't know this, the Garden of Eden is paradise. It's the most perfect place on the earth. He said, I am going to make something in my own image because I am perfect and put it in the most perfect place on earth called Eden. So he created a garden first and he said, now I'm going to put myself by creation in this perfect place called Eden. And then, watch this, he wasn't done. He said, so I'm not done yet because it's not good. Because what I've got for him to do, the assignment I have for him to do, uh, I'm going to give him some purpose first. So I'm going to give him a little bit of work. So let me put these animals here. And I want you to kind of steward over them. And I want you to kind of take care of them and the land. And I want to give you purpose. I want you to name each and every one of them. However you see fit, I'll trust you to do that. And Adam did that well. Then he said, you know what? It's not good that you by yourself. Now that I've put you in a perfect environment and given you a perfect purpose in life, you know what? You're going to need some help to fulfill your purpose. So let me go ahead and put, let me put you night-night real quick. Go night-night. Now that you go night-night, let me pull from you. Do y'all know God could have said, you know what? I created him from dirt in my own image. Watch this. Then I could stop right there. But when I see that he's alone, you know what? Maybe I'll take some more dirt and make a different version of him. God didn't do that. God intentionally put him to bed, made him perfect in his own image, and he reached in. He said, from you, man, I'm going to create another human being, call her one man, 
Because she is to be your helpmate. That's her first assignment. Women, if you're looking to be a wife, your first assignment is to, that's why I say you got to be yoked. It's not about how you look, how good you smell, where you, stop looking, by the way, for guys that got a whole bunch of money. Because I know a whole bunch of guys that got a lot of money but got zero integrity or character. Look for somebody that's got like an overflow of character, not a whole bunch of money. Look for somebody that's got a whole bunch of compassion and love, not a whole bunch of influence. Look for somebody that don't just look good but are actually good. Because I've seen too many women get in relationships with brothers that look good but beating them upside their head. Or beating their souls. Stop looking for men based upon physical things. Because you need to be looking for a man that, watch this, if you are a Christian woman, listen, don't be mad at me. I didn't write the Bible. I'm just reciting it to you. You need to be looking for somebody that you can help. Now, let me fix that. Because some of y'all take that too, too, too literally. Y'all be going after these brothers that don't have no idea about God, don't want to know God. Let me help you find God. No, no, sis. I'm not saying that. Somebody you can do life with. Somebody that you can do life with. When I say do life with, it's beyond physical appearance. It's beyond. That's why the, the, the vows say, till death do we part in sickness and in health, through richer and for poorer. And people, we just say that. I've done so many weddings and people just say that. I'm like, do you really know what that means? Like, for instance, if your spouse becomes a a, a paraplegic, does it still count? If they become brain dead and you have to change their diapers every single day and feed them, can you still stick around? When they lose their job and y'all might have to move into an apartment and you, although you have a five bedroom, four bathroom mansion, can y'all still work it out? And people say exactly that. Yes. And what happens is the minute the finances crumble, the marriage crumbles. The minute the physical appearance crumbles. I'm sick and tired of guys talking about, oh, my wife has put on a few pounds and, girl, you need to start working out. Man, why are you looking at her physical appearance? How is her heart? How is her heart? Now, I can see if you're trying to help her out because she might have a heart condition. But stop judging your wife because of physical appearance. That tells me that's what your relationship is built on when it should be built on a heart, on on your soul, on character and on integrity. And we need to we need to start looking the way the Bible tells us to look. But guess what? The reason why a lot of us ain't looking right, because guess what? We're not loving right. We're not loving right. Let me tell you how you fix this whole thing. Y'all ready? Here it is. Let me give you some meat today. Bible tells us how 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 do I get right? How do I get right in this relationship? Let me. How do I get right and get prepared for dating people? Matthew twenty two verse thirty six through forty says this. Very familiar passage, but I'm I'm gonna flip it for you just real quick. Check it out. Teacher, one of the Pharisees was saying, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. I want to go back to the second one, y'all. Okay? We already know the first one is I got to love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, all my strength, right? All my mind, right? And then the second one is 
equally as important as loving the Lord is to love my neighbor. But let me catch the point I want you to focus on as myself. And many of us ain't loving ourselves right. And you wonder why people ain't loving you right. We carry in baggage from old relationships into new relationships. We set up barriers and, bound, and boundaries based upon what somebody else did. And we're blocking and keeping people out. We got fortresses around our lives because of what happened to us in the past. And we won't let nobody beyond that fortress because we are afraid that they're going to do what they're going to do. And guess what? You're missing out on your lifelong spouse. But you will continue to do that until you begin to love yourself. We already get the God part. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. But we often miss it on the loving ourselves part. This is why we can't love our neighbors. This is why we upset with our neighbors when they don't do what we want to do. And guess who your neighbor is? That person you're looking at trying to date. Guess who your neighbor is? That person that broke your heart. Guess who your neighbor is? That person that didn't return your phone calls. Guess who your neighbor is? That person that left your text message on red. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. That neighbor is the person you're interested in, the person you swipe left or swipe right on. That's your neighbor. And you will never, ever be able to love that person until you love yourself. And I know y'all sitting here like, I love myself, Pastor. What are you talking about? I love me. I love me. I love me better than anybody. Love me. I love God. I love me. I was about to, but then I decided not to. Listen, I'm not talking about the conceited kind of love. I'm not talking about being proud of yourself. I'm talking about, this is the love I'm talking about, that you never have to have a Jeremy McGuire moment looking for somebody to complete you because you're already whole. Loving yourself that you put you first. Loving yourself that, guess what? I'm not even going to, check this out. No makeup day. Because I ain't worried about that. I love myself so much. Guess what? You're going to love me as me. The way I love me. I, I, I love myself so much. Guess what? I ain't even trying to go to the club. It's too dark in there to meet anybody anyway. It often amazes me the number of people that like to meet people in the club. It never happens. When the lights come on, you be like, oh, oh. Back in the day, where my 80s and 90s fellas at that used to go to the club? We used to call them strobe-like honeys. Uh, where's Sam at? Sam would know what I'm talking about. Right? Back in the day, there's Lamar. He knows what I'm talking about. Them lights, because you already got the lights flashing. You're like, oh, man, she's fine. Club comes, you know, the end of the night, this last song, last song. You dance and lights come on. You're like, oh, whoa, hey, sorry. Where that other girl I was dancing with? That's me. I'm her. I'm other girl. <laughs> no, you're not. Seriously, that's the worst place to meet somebody. I'm not being funny, but I'm being honest. How can you meet somebody in the dark? Dark restaurants, hard place to meet somebody. Online, hard place to meet somebody, right? Half of y'all know what I'm talking about because you, you take like 20 shot selfies before you find your perfect one before you post it. They do the same thing online. Find a perfect shot. Some of them go to glamour shots and stuff like that. Does glamour shots still around, by the way? I don't know. <laughs> she said, I don't think so. <laughs> That's some old school stuff for those who don't know. Professional makeover for $20. <laughs> Seriously, we got to stop looking at the physical. We've got to love ourselves first before we can even love our neighbor. We've got to do that. We've got to put more energy and stake into that. Because if you don't, guess what? You, gonna, you actually will think, watch this, 
that marriage will solve single issues or what you think are single issues. If you don't work on yourself, you'll think that marriage is going to solve your loneliness. It don't. There are a whole bunch of lonely people in marriage. You'll think that that marriage is going to solve your sexual temptation. No, it don't. There's a whole bunch of people that's having affairs or addicted to pornography in marriages. Okay, you 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 think if you don't work on your whole you, you will think that being married will, will 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 satisfy your deep emotional needs. It's a whole bunch of people in marriages that have empty emotional tanks. And until you begin to love yourself, you will think that being married will solve all of life's difficulties. Can I tell you, my wife and I, we do marriage counseling and premarital counseling. And that's something we've heard people say before. Listen, if we listen, if we if we get together and we pool our money together, shoot, I'm paying this much in in, in rent right now, or I got this mortgage. We got we sell that house. Look at we go, we come up, we can go and claim the bag. <laughs> I'm saying to myself, if that is your grounds for getting married, don't get married. Money ain't promise. Even the money trusting God. Y'all better look at your dollar bills. You caught that, Bree? <laughs> Even the money trusts in God. So don't be trying. Don't look at all of these things. If you think that, that, that marriage is going to solve your loneliness, it's going to solve your sexual temptation, it's going to solve your deep emotional needs, it's going to resolve your uh, life's difficulties, uh-uh. Let me tell you what Paul says in the Bible here. I don't, I don't know if I have this scripture up there or not. Uh, 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 let's see here in first Corinthians chapter seven. I know I don't have this one up there, Pastor E. So uh, I'm just going to go on ahead and read it because it's the one that happens before Paul says this in first Corinthians chapter seven. He said, well, let me see if it's up there. So. First Corinthians chapter seven, I think I'm going to go to around verse. Verse 32. He says, I want you to, I guess I said, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can devote, can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Earlier in, 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 this, in this particular scripture, he says, I want, to, I want you to avoid marriage to, to, to help you not get into the troubles that marriage brings. Now, let me fix this for you. First thing I got to tell you about this whole chapter 7, when Paul, because Paul is talking just about marriage. He's talking about virgins and virgins back then meant unmarried women. And so Paul is literally saying, yo, listen, if you don't have to, don't get married. Because I'm trying to help you from getting, dealing with the troubles of marriage. But this is what he opens up saying. This is not a commandment from the Lord 
This is a suggestion from me. And I don't know if you ever read this before or heard a pastor preach it before, but you got to understand, Paul ain't saying this is a commandment from Jesus. And too many of us look at this commandment like, oh, uh, it's okay for me to be single. And I want to tell you, Jesus never said that. Though Jesus was single, though Paul was single, Jesus never, ever, watch this, suggested being single. Let me tell you this. If that was the case, if singleness was the desire of God's heart, he would have stopped at Adam. But he created Eve first to be a helper, but also to be a wife. He created Eve to be a helper to this man, but also to be his wife. Well, how do I know that? Because he said, go, be fruitful and multiply. Hold on. Fruitful and multiply. Young people, I'm just going to speak a little adult here. Fruitful is, you know what I mean? Fruitful is knowing your spouse. Fruitfulness is making love. Fruitfulness is pleasure in the place called pleasure or paradise, called Eden. This is what he's saying. Be fruitful. Enjoy each other. Enjoy what I've ordained. And in the process of enjoying it, I also want you to multiply yourselves. And the only way we could do that, watch this, is through that union. Watch this. The only way a man and a woman become one again is during intercourse. Think about it. So God pulled from Adam, the man, a woman. Now you got two people. Okay? The only way they become one person again is through sex. Think about it. That's the only way. They're connected. They're one body. And that's the only way they can make other bodies. That's the only way. The only time we can make more of each other is when we first come from each other. We've got to become one to become more. That's God's design. That's his perfect design. So if he wanted, watch this, you to be single for the rest of your life, he would have just stopped there and said, Adam, I'm good. You got animals. Go ahead, man. Do your thing, Holmes. You got companionship. That's good enough. God says, no, why I'm creating another human being is for greater than companionship. I'm creating another human being to help you with your purpose, but also for pleasure and multiplication. For pleasure and for multiplication. So all you single folk, I'm telling you right now, don't you settle on this word where Paul is saying, hey, I don't recommend you get married. Let me put it in the context. You know why he told people in this Bible and during this uh, context they should not get married? Because they were facing great persecution. This is a new church. These are new Christians, Jewish Christians here. Bunch of Christians facing persecution. And guess what? If I'm married, I don't have to just worry about my safety. I got to worry about the safety of my wife. I got to worry about the safety of my family. And so he said, don't worry. Don't, Don't get married right now. Because guess what? They'll use your marriage as a way to not have you follow Jesus. They know, that they, can, they know that they can torture you and you will never bow down. But if they put a knife up to your wife's necks, where your wife's neck and your children's necks, you might submit to that. This is what Paul was saying. This is history. This is biblical history. Read it yourself. They were saying this. Paul said this because people were really literally being persecuted. And the people who were persecuting them were using any means to flip them. So I can look at you and say, you know what? I know you won't flip. But you know what? If I put a knife up to your wife's neck, you'll flip. You may not care about me, but you care about her. 
Same thing they did in slavery times. <laughs> you may not bend and call me master, but I tell you what, I'm going to take your wife and rape her in front of you. I bet you bend now because you, you don't want me to do what I'm doing to that person you love. This is why Paul said don't get married. I'm just putting that in context so you don't ever have to look at that scripture and say, oh, well, Paul was single. I should be single. No, he was saying it for a purpose at a time where it was necessary. And I'm telling you that God has called us to be relation, romantic relationships. Now, here's how you do it. Here's how you find your mate. You stop looking. You stop looking. If you are a woman, stop looking. And I know some women, y'all are like, you know what, I'm, I'm working on me right now. I'm, I'm all in the word right now. I'm attending church right now. And I want to ask you, sis, why? Are you trying to be a better person or are you trying to be a wife? And I will tell you this. If you're working on those things to try to be a wife, you're in out of order. Because if you work on being a better person, you automatically become a better wife. Man of God, are you, are you devoting yourself to reading the Bible and praying and, and doing all of these things because you're trying to make sure that you are a righteous man and that you can find your boo, you can find your rib? Is that what you know? If you're doing that to look for your rib, you are out of order. You need to be working on yourself. Be whole. I found my wife when I wasn't looking for her. Can I tell you all the truth? Can I, tell, can I testify a moment and then we're going to be done? I found my wife when I wasn't looking. I became a Christian in the year 2000, and the first thing I did when I became a Christian, I love my testimony, that's why I'm sharing it with you. The first thing I did after living a life, a long life, lost my virginity at 13 years old and didn't stop having sex until the year 2000 when I became a Christian. And from the year 2000 until 2003, I was abstinent, never had sex with a woman, never touched a woman again until I married that woman called Erica. And when I gave my life from the year 2000 to the year 2003, I wasn't looking for no woman. I was looking for God. I was working on me. I wanted to be a better person, not a, just a better Christian. I was devoted to the Bible. I was devoted to preaching and teaching the gospel. I was in supermarkets and parking lots everywhere I could go sharing the word. I wasn't looking for a wife. And then one day I look up and there she is. With ripped up jeans and procades and paint all on them. Hair toe up from the flow up. And here I was, unshaven, funky, stinky, sweaty, coming from dance practice, working on an African dance performance. I was ready, and here I was working on me, celebrating God. And she blocked me in. She had me blocked in. And when I saw her, like, she cute. I mean, like, if she, maybe she do her hair. Maybe got rid of the pro kids. And I know she looked at me. She'll tell you the story. She looked at me like, he, he kind of cute, but you need to shave and put some deodorant on or something. Smelling like a ham sandwich. <laughs> That's when you know you're funky, when you smell like ham. That's funk. That's real funk, bona fide, certified funk. <laughs> but we weren't looking for each other. At this time in our lives, both of us were looking for God. My wife is a is a PK. She grew up in the church. All she knew was church, but that don't mean she knew God. 
She would tell you this is her own testimony. She knew church, but she didn't know God. And so she was at a point in her life where she was trying to get to know God on a deeper level. And I was at a point where I was just learning about what God is. I wasn't looking for a woman. She wasn't looking for a man. We both were looking for God. And while we were looking for God, God would say, I'm going to put you here and I'm going to put you there. I don't, and guess what? I don't want to dress it up. I want it to be natural so y'all never, ever depend on what y'all see first to keep y'all. And I want to make sure that I'm going to connect you two. I'm going to yoke y'all two because neither one of you want to have sex. So this way, guess what? It, this way, sex won't be the thing that keeps your marriage together. This is why I tell people to wait to have sex. Because once the sex gets bad, guess what? If you have sex before you're married, it gets bad. That's going to be the thing that you've been hoping to keep your marriage together. But if you wait, guess what? All you do is build from that point on. Sex is not what keeps us together. It's what God brought together in the beginning. And because I wasn't looking and she wasn't looking, we were working on being two whole people. And God brought two whole people together that were in love with him first and then in love with them first so that they can be in love with each other later. I say that to say, don't be looking. Be looking for just God. If you are going to Bible stuff, you're bulking up, if you're doing all of these things, trying to listen, bump that. Bulk up in the word, trying to be close to God, and God will put who's in your place. All of that void, all of those things that marriage can't fix, like loneliness, guess what? If you're working on God, even in those times where there's dry seasons in your marriage, guess what? You're never feeling lonely because guess what? I never came into this ever wanting that. You're never feeling uh, sexual temptation because guess what? I wasn't in it for the sex in the beginning. When you are working on you holy, God will connect you with somebody else that's working on you holy. I just said, single people, I encourage you today, 110.6 million people are in this country. That was the 2016 version of this. There's probably more than that right now. What does that mean? There's a whole bunch of single people just like you looking for somebody. But out of that group, I guarantee most of them ain't working on them. They're working on this. They work on this. You know why? Because here it is. I want to be light that attracts a moth. That's what it is. That's all it is. Like a moth to a flame. And you get burned by the fire. My luck is strong. Can't you see my desire? That's the way love goes. (laughs) Stop working on this. And attracting moths that either burn you or you burn. And work on God so you can actually be the light in this broken world. Be the light. And guess what? When it's God's light, you attract other light. (laughs) When you're illuminated, guess what? You attract others that are illuminated. And it's like you all are walking around with the glow. I'm not going to sing another song. I know y'all already started thinking, when you got that glow, you feel, oh, come on. They ain't watched The Last Dragon. Who said no? Miss, all right, I love you. You made me a pie, so I'll give you a pass. Pie gets a pass, but anybody else who's not seen The Last Dragon, watch it. It's good. I'm done right here. I want to end on a funny note. And it's a pastor who said something funny a while ago. I'm going to play this clip to help my sisters out today and the brothers, because I don't want you to be any of these people 
that this pastor talks about. Now, you may have seen this clip before, but it's Jenison Franklin you know, we're, talking we're, about Boaz. Everybody's trying to get right. We want the right. See, you, some of you, how many single folks do I have here tonight? Let me see your hand. I got a word for you single folks. You know, Boaz and Ruth, Ruth waited for her Boaz. She wouldn't just settle for anybody. The Bible said Boaz was a handsome man, a rich man, a spiritual man, a sensitive man, and that equals a husband. You got to wait. You got to wait on your Boaz. Don't just settle. But, but if you're not careful when you go left and it's Friday night and you don't have a date and you're freaking out, I, I don't have a date. I, can, I, I, can, I didn't get married until I was 25. And, you know, I just made a decision. I knew there was a call on my life. And I just said, I'm not going to go out and date just anybody and everybody. Because I know me. So I can remember, Pastor Hagee, I used to get, I used to get ready and get all dressed up on Friday night to see what I would look like if I did have a date. You know, you know, if you're a half a person and you keep going left and you're so needy, you just take anything. I'll, I'll take him. I'll take her. You're going to keep attracting half people. But if you'll stay out there and get comfortable being with yourself and with God, you'll attract a whole person. Don't despise left. God's using left to get you right. Don't freak out because it's Friday night. And you're in Saturday night, and you're in church instead of the club. <laughs> Boaz has some relatives, and if you don't watch it, you won't get the one God has for you. You'll get his relatives. To the girls, I found this on the internet. He has, Boaz is spelled B-O-A-Z. Everybody say B-O-A-Z. And so he's got some relatives called broke ass, po ass, lying ass, cheating ass, dumb ass, drunk ass. Don't go out with him. Cheap ass. Turn to somebody and say, I dated him. Locked up ass, good for nothing ass, lazy ass. And especially his third cousin beating your ass. Wait on your bow ass and make sure he respects your ass. Now there's your word. You wanted a word, you got a word. I didn't say it. Jenkins and Franklin said it. I'm just saying. Don't blame me. But I thought we would end on a funny note. Y'all make sure y'all ain't getting contracted to those uh, other relatives of Boaz. And brothers, make sure you are definitely not one of those relatives of Boaz. Listen, um, this has been rich, and I pray that you receive something from this today. I really... If you don't know anything about my wife and I, we champion relationships, particularly marriage. Um, we attract a lot of married couples at this church, and I feel bad a lot of times because we have a bunch of amazing single people here, and I'm like, I just wish I had more options at our church for you. But um, you attract who you are. We champion relationships. We champion marriages. My wife is certified in, 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 in a particular um, uh, uh, training, I mean, certification and particular counseling that we do to help people pre-marriage, even while you're married. We love it. And so my heart's desire is to see this place, uh, everybody connected with that person. All of us, none of us are meant to do life alone. We're not. 
We're not, but I will tell you, if you're not working on being a whole you, you will never get connected, never get connected to that person with you. And age is nothing but a number. That's true. It's nothing but a number. Don't look and say, oh, uh, I'm too young to be working on this and looking for something permanent. Or I'm even too, too seasoned. I don't like to say old, but too seasoned to be looking for something permanent. God, ha- listen, you're never, never, ever too late to find your, your, your one true love. But you'll never find that person if you're looking for that person to feel what only God could feel in your life. Amen. Uh Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.